for this year's Pride. Simple, Links, Vaseline and Close-Up have teamed together with Superdrug to donate £50,000 to the Switchboard LGBT Plus helpline. A safe space available by phone, email and instant messaging to discuss anything including sexuality, gender identity, sexual health and emotional well-being. Look for the five fabulous exclusive rainbow packs in store, such as simple biodegradable face wipes and Vaseline's aloe vera lip tin. Each gorgeous pride pack have the Switchboard LGBT Plus helpline number on the front. So wherever you are, you can take pride in you. Hi, I'm Brian Dowling and today I'm hosting a very special episode of Superdrugs, the beauty of it all podcast. My guests and I are going to be discussing what pride means to them. Now we all know with our parties and parades, pride looks very different this year, but there's still plenty to celebrate and it's never been more important to come together and work to support and help one another. Joining me today, we have Adele Roberts. Adele is a DJ and radio presenter, most recently presenting the BBC Radio 1 Early Breakfast Show. And this year, she became the first black female to host the BBC Radio 1 Breakfast Show when she filled in for Greg James. Also joining us, we have Blue Hydrangea. Blue Hydrangea is the drag name of Joshua Cargill, who came fifth on season one of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Born in Belfast, she was the only Northern Irish queen to appear on the UK version of the show and was outspoken about LGBTQ plus rights in Northern Ireland. And we also have Kenny Ethan-Jones. Kenny is a model, entrepreneur and activist focusing on menstruation, body politics and mental health. In 2018, he made history by being the first trans man to front a period campaign for Pink Parcel. He has also modelled for River Island and Shoe. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm very excited to talk about Pride, and I'm glad that Superdrug has kind of given us this opportunity. I think it's a, it's an amazing opportunity. Um, so let's start off with the obvious question. What does Pride mean to each and every one of you? I'll start with you first, Kenny. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's about celebrating my identity and paying respect to my history. I think for the most part, it's like, I don't know, for like pride to me, just it's, it's so special and unique and like all that queerness and like characters coming together at once. It's just something that you can't find anywhere else. So that's what pride means to me. What about you, Adele? For me, just to echo what Kenny said, uh, definitely a celebration to celebrate other people, but also a chance to be in the majority. For that day, everybody around me gets me, understands me, and we all just party together. And that's such an amazing feeling. I think when you were saying that, Adele, we were all smiling and laughing. We were like, yes. <laughs> uh, Blue, how do you feel? The same question. What does pride mean to you? So yeah, pride started as a protest. I feel like in some way that's still there. Um, it's also like a day of visibility where we all get to just hold our partner's hands in the street, be our authentic selves. Uh, every corner you turn there's pride flags um so it's just a good old camp day but uh with a great um history and um yeah we just get to be us and that's fabulous i quite like that a good old camp day (laughs) every day for me is a camp day do any of us have a favorite ever pride memory 
Yeah, I definitely do. Yo, Kenny, straight out, off <laughs> you go. Because it was like, I think I just turned 18 and um, I wasn't very confident in like talking to girls or anything. Mm. And um, I walked away that pride with 15 numbers. Like that for me was epic. And just to think that in that one time that I had that, I don't know, it was just the confidence that I felt. That was, that was amazing. So that pride up, is up there. Top, number one. <laughs> oh, Kenny, o- only hey, 15 hey, numbers? Hey. <laughs> oh, was, that a, was that a slow that was day? was a very slow day. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. What about you, Adele? Well, Kenny needs to hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> what aftershave does Kenny wear? Yeah. <laughs> and you need to be my life coach. I'll help you out anytime. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, probably maybe my first Pride in London because I'd just never seen so many people. It, Pride in London feels global. So my home yeah. Pride as such is probably Manchester Pride. That's the one that I grew up loving. But when I first came to London... That's I just also couldn't... a big Pride. Oh, Manchester huge. Pride's a big one, right? Yeah. It's huge, but London is almost like next level. And what's great about it is right. that it's a Pride for allies as well. So there's lots of tourists everywhere and they just join in, they get involved. And that's just such a wonderful feeling. They, they almost get carried away by the love and acceptance that's everywhere around them and uh, sorry just one more thing as well um a couple of years ago there was an england match on the same day as pride and there was about 100 england fans that were having to walk through trafalgar square just to get to the mm-hmm. pub where they were going to watch the match and i remember being there with my girlfriend thinking oh i hope nothing bad happens here and right. they started yeah. singing football's coming home and everybody at pride sang it with them and they were just carried wow. along on this <laughs> rainbow all these england fans and i was like that's yes! just giving me that's just giving me goose pimples honestly yeah, it was wonderful but isn't it so strange though that you still go to that place of fear mm-hmm. yeah. that you think to yourself sugar how is this actually going to pan out because it could pan out in the opposite direction, right? Yeah, sure. Um, I, there was that little bit of flicker in me, but it's good to see that things are changing. It was great what Blue said. It is a protest. I think that's still really important. Mm-hmm. When I first started going to Pride, I was like, oh, it's a party. And now I'm older, I understand my responsibility in making sure that I help change the narrative of the UK and making it more accepting. But um, it's good to see things are changing. Blue, for you, what age were you when you went to your first Pride? And do you have a particular favorite memory i think i started going when i was 17 because um my parents were very like overbearing so i was um always hidden away in the house and i would just uh, be gay from the house <laughs> uh, and then i kind of moved to uh, belfast for university and had like my little moment in the capital city but my favorite every pride memory is uh Man- at manchester pride because we launched drag race there they stuck us on a big float with with um drag wow. race written on the side of it and we partied like from d- dusk till dawn it was fabulous and compared to like the little milk flutes that they have in belfast <laughs> uh manchester pride was like incredible it was like i don't know like the broadway it was like huge everything was huge and just shiny it was great <laughs> i remember but i remember though i think when they saying they were doing drag race uk you know, and I think people were so excited to see the cast who's <laughs> going to be doing it. And to be revealed at Manchester Pride is just so fabulous. Oh my goodness, it was crazy. It was like a day of firsts. I'd never been to another Pride. Um, I'd never seen myself on a billboard. It was all these like crazy things that were happening. Um, I was meeting celebs. I just felt like this little gay boy from Belfast like was given this dream. And that was like the first day I got to feel it. 
in person. But is it so amazing though that you have such amazing positive memories from that experience? Oh, totally. I mean, pride is always kind of linked to like joy for me anyway, because um, it again, again, it's just a day to be yourself. But um, yeah, that was like a pretty key moment. Just um, and it's nice that that was also linked to to pride, which is just a great day. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, what age were you when you went to your first pride? I think I was about fifteen. My mom was very accepting of me from right, a young okay. age, so she encouraged me to go to Pride because she was like, "I think you need to be." Wow, you're yeah, really she was lucky. Like, I think you need to, you know, growing up with like being transgender, there wasn't. I I knew nobody that was trans, and she was like, "If you're going to meet anyone that's trans, it's going to be in Pride." So like, she shoved me off with my cousin and said, "Go crazy." But it's so amazing that your mother had that feeling, to, you know, to meet people from the community and people like yeah. you that get you to go to Pride, almost pointing you in the positive yeah, right no, direction. My mom was very encouraging, like always number one supporter, best ally. She just kind of, do you know what I really respected about my mom other than the fact that she was my mom? It was just like, she seen me as a person and was like, I know that I can't help you here and you need to be with people like yourself. So any opportunity that she could have, yeah. like she used to go to, she used to call up all the clinics and try to find places that I could go to to speak to other trans people and things like that just to make me feel more confident and get like information on how to further transition and how to become comfortable who I was because she could only sit there and help me in what she knew and her experience was going to be very different mm -hmm. to mine. But I think how amazing she wasn't telling you what to do. She wanted you yeah. to find your own experience. Yeah, she never told it. me what to do ever. Adele, what age were you going to your first Pride? I think I must have been about 17, like the age that when you can drive. Because uh, right. back in the day and, and being from the Northwest, it's not as well connected as it is in London. So to go to a Pride, you had to drive in those days to the bigger cities, I guess. I don't think Liverpool had one at the time. Southport, where I'm from, definitely didn't. Uh, so yeah, probably 17. Yeah, I still can't drive. So do not shame me. <laughs> do not shame me. I cannot drive. No. Um, on my first Pride, I think would have been after Big Brother. So like around 2002. And I remember probably much like I can echo what Blue said of just being so excited and feeling so welcome. You know, mm -hmm. I was probably like a kid in a candy shop. <laughs> I was like, yay, oh my goodness. I do remember drinking quite a lot. <laughs> I do remember drinking, so drink responsibly. But like I was in my 20, it seems 24. I remember drinking quite a lot. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's, that's a bad move. <laughs> but we all have those memories from Pride as well, right? You know, drinking too much, oh, hooking up with the wrong person. We've all been there. That's, that's just part of Pride. <laughs> um, what, do you, what do you look forward to most about the day when it comes to Pride? Well, speaking as a drag queen, the best part of the day is taking off your shoes after the parade because, I mean, the parade is long <laughs> to do it in the heels. It is not the tea. But just being able to see people as well, like... Um, uh, for drag you get to go, go up on the stage and like have like a like a bird's eye view of like what you're performing to and it's just like so many faces um young um like older people uh just it's it's crazy that all these people get to experience a day of just being themselves or celebrating people that they love that are being themselves i think my favorite bit is the parade um so the floats i just love the effort mm. that everybody puts in and the fact that you can see they've been working all year just to look fabulous yes. and they always yeah. do and also um just seeing the big groups of people that turn up so like the police the ambulance service when you see those people that exist day to day in society and then all of a sudden they've got rainbows on it just feels wonderful i look mm. forward to that every year i think for me um so last year was the first time i marched in the parade um, and I marched for UK Black Pride. And that for me took a like, I don't know, I felt, I don't know, almost like this responsibility, like I was doing the right thing. 
because you know i was respecting my history i was trying to you know prove it like continue this message um and so that's always been a good part but also just who i'm gonna meet and i always have a takeaway each year like someone will always say something with me throughout the day that sticks with me um and i i just love that i love meeting different people i love like just seeing beauty in different forms mm. um i would love to do mardi gras in sydney i've never been like Ooh. you look at it and it's like Wow. And having, you know, lived in London, I think maybe I've been spoiled by living in London, as Adele said, you know, London's like global, global pride and, you know, doing that. But the one, has anyone been to Mardi Gras in Sydney? I can, I, what I've seen stuff, it just looks phenomenal. I'll be Googling that today. Thank you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we should all go together. Super Drug <laughs> need to send us to Sydney. Yes. <laughs> um, so what city do we do each of us usually celebrate in and where do we think has the best pride? Blue, I'll start with you. Well, my, I, I normally celebrate it in my little um, hometown uh, in Northern Ireland uh, and it's, it's fine. It's great. Uh, it's great. great yeah. As you say, um, Adele, to see, see people that are in everyday life just be at, at a parade because um, obviously being on the scene as a drag queen, you, you know everyone. It's very small, so it's nice to see them all come out in their rainbow t-shirts so we can just celebrate the day away. I, again, I haven't celebrated that many prides other than Manchester, but um, there is something nice about uh, being in, in your hometown for pride. Like, yeah, just get to celebrate it with the people that you love the most. Where do you think has the best pride, Kenny? For me, it has to be Birmingham. Right. I really love Birmingham mm. Pride. Like that, I don't know, something is just so unique about Birmingham and like the way that the, the road is. And like, I don't know, it's quite small, but it's big. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I get lost there, although there's not, it's not that many, like, right. you can't really get lost. It's very small. But um, yeah, no, Birmingham's my favourite, although every year I have to go to London. But I think next year I would like to go to Atlanta. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know. I love America. And so I've heard wonderful things about that pride. So Atlanta pride. I love the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'm obsessed with Nene Leakes. <laughs> so like, she's just, I just think Nene Leakes is iconic. It's almost like Caitlyn Jenner, RuPaul, Nene Leakes from the Real Housewives of Atlanta for me gives me life. So Kenny, if you're going, I'll gladly be your plus one to Sounds Atlanta. <laughs> Adele, what about for you? Who do you think does the best pride? I try to do like a pride crawl. So I've been trying to get around them all. So thanks, Kenny. I'll be going to Birmingham. I've not been to that one yet. Um, I think it have to be Manchester because it's the site of my first ever pride. I think it just holds really special memories. So Manchester just, um, even though it is a big one, it feels more like intimate in a way. It's like a little special right. village that you don't have to leave for the whole weekend and you just get lost in there and do things I can't talk about on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually quite concerned. If Kenny goes to Atlanta, he'll get lost. He's getting lost in Birmingham. So, like, Kenny, you gotta I be will. careful. Like, I, I have concerns about GPS this. tracking. Someone will look after I me. Think, I think you're gonna need it. <laughs> Anyone got a favorite LGBTQ plus anthem? Yeah. So my go-to is Deeper Love but it's the Eddie Thonic remix. And I just love the words. It's so empowering. It's just reminding us to be proud. And when it comes on, I dance like, you know, like when you used to go to teen scene and you just lose it because you're young and you don't yeah. realise what you look like. That, it just makes me do that. <laughs> yeah. So would that be a song you'd be guaranteed to play if you were DJing at a Pride event? Oh yeah, definitely. It's the first one on. It's, it's an absolute banger and it's just have pride in yourself. Love yourself. Yeah, I, I'm going to embarrass myself and say anything by Britney Spears. 
<laughs> like I, I was an air steward. I was a flight attendant. So like that toxic video just gives me life. <laughs> like I said to my husband in our new home, I said to my husband, we're, we're, we're house hunting at the moment. And I said, we are having a trolley. He doesn't drink. I'm like, we're having a trolley. <laughs> and when Britney Spears talks, he comes on, I can just push the trolley just across. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'll give you a trolley. I'll give you a trolley. <laughs> How do you think uh, people will be celebrating Pride um, in lockdown? Because it's slightly different this year, right? 100%. I think there's a lot more virtual um, things going on. Like I've seen a lot of charities uh, making virtual prides and like chat rooms and things like that to try to like make up for the community feel. Um, and I think it's important because, you know, there's lots of people that are currently stuck in homes where they, you know, they won't be accepted um, yeah. for whatever reason. So, you know, I think it's very important this year that like digital pride still exists in some way and we still create like that kind of escape um, where they can be around people mm. that are like themselves. Um, so, yeah, no, I think, I think it's that. And I think a lot of people are like, I'm just, you know, partying with my partner, basically just dressing up in lots of pride stuff um, and having a great time and playing the most gayest music I can find on Spotify and having a <laughs> nice. great time. So I hope people are doing that also. Anyone attending a virtual pride or virtual parade? Blue, what about you? I, I've been in loads already. I feel like that's all I've been doing the past <laughs> few weeks. But I, I love it because it feels like every day is pride and you're just celebrating um, and dressed up in rainbows, like you said, Kenny. Um, but yeah, um, I, I am actually doing like a little float in uh, my garden because the week that uh, of Pride in Belfast, I've been working with a company and we're doing a big Pride float. But I will actually get to be on a real float, which is so exciting. I feel like I'll be one of the only people in the UK. For you, Blue, have you got any, the most memorable Pride makeup look that oh you've goodness. done over the years? I think that sticks out and you go, that was a good look. I feel like literally everything I do is Pride because it, I, I just, I can't stop paint myself like a rainbow I just love those colors um but every single year on pride I would I would go all out for like this this stunning outfit to celebrate pride because it's the same day that I started dressing in drag was on pride so it's like a little anniversary for me as well um oh, okay so I amazing. normally would save up and put all my funds towards this amazing outfit uh, this year can't do that uh, but I've still been saving up so maybe I'll put, give some to charity or something I don't know we'll do something fun with it um, for you Adele when it comes to pride and I'll say to you as well Kenny do you like to kind of dress up or dress different <laughs> that you normally would regularly um, I feel like this is actually like being really forward my, my watch strap which is like a rainbow <laughs> I am so bad with clothes like this is what I wear every day black t-shirts that's what that's how DJs dress I am rubbish so blue you need to help me I need to yes. do your makeup I need some of your fab I see, I see a show in this I see a show in this <laughs> yeah, can Gorgeous. you drag me up can you make me over please can you drag me up <laughs> there is the show I have my first three guests here what a <laughs> what about you Kenny for pride do you you know do you make do we make more of an effort should we like because I like to with pride I like to push it a bit mm. maybe the top's a little tighter <laughs> a little skimpier Ooh. but as I'm getting older they're getting baggier and longer <laughs> but back in the day <laughs> yeah no I'm I don't know how I've how I've celebrated pride has kind of changed like when I first went to pride I remember making a big thing about being trans because I didn't see any trans representation so I got glitter and wrote trans on my chest. And people looked at me and was like, what's that? And I was like, it means I'm transgender. And they were like, oh my God, no way. So that was pretty cool. Um, you know, being my own little representative. But 
as um, I've gotten older, I've been quite lucky to be gifted by brands. So I get sent loads of stuff that's glitter and rainbows. And so like literally whichever one, I don't know, feels the most like calls to me, I just wear, but I very much, I feel like I make an effort now before I just went, you know, like Adele was saying, black t-shirt, just like I'm here, I'm queer, get used to it. But now <laughs> I feel like I make more of an effort. And I don't know, it gives me like, I don't know, it's kind of like that ritual that, that gets you hype in the morning, like, oh, I'm actually going to do something today. So I find it a lot more enjoyable actually getting ready for Pride now intentionally. Do you said there, Adele, he used to wear just a black t-shirt, but now he needs to make more of it. <laughs> Sorry, I don't need to offend you. Okay, when you come in. No, no. Yeah, I, I was like, oh no, oh no. And he, he said again, make more of an effort, no, you know, No, Adele. you know, it's just a personal thing for me, but I, I get it. Put some glitter on it, Adele, put some glitter on it. I'm here to learn. Teach me. <laughs> now we are going to hear some lovely words from Tash Walker. With physical pride events cancelled, it can be hard to feel connected to other LGBT plus people. Tash Walker, the co-chair of Switchboard, told me how they're offering vital support during lockdown. Hey Tash, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks Brian, how are you? I'm now having mic envy with you with your furry mic. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I, need to, I need to up my game here in this department. Um, tell us, who is Switchboard for and how can any uh, listeners on this podcast get in touch? Yeah, so Switchboard, I mean, it started back in 1974 and it's been supporting the LGBTQ plus communities ever since. And what it is, is a confidential helpline open to the LGBTQ plus communities and beyond, you know, for anyone who wants to talk about gender identity, sexuality, sexual health and emotional well-being. You know, everyone that is a listening volunteer at Switchboard self-identifies as LGBTQ plus. So we like mm -hmm. to say that we're from the community for the community. Um, and we work together to create a really safe space where people can feel listened to and supported, but most importantly, where they, they know that they're not alone. Um, and we've got three arms to our services, which is our telephone line. Um, our number is 0300 330 0630. We've got our instant messaging online live chat, which you can check out through our website, switchboard.lgbt and our email service, which is chris at switchboard.lgbt. But the key thing is we're open every day 10 a.m. till 10 p.m. Um, with those out outlets, you said the live chat, the email and the phone, which one of them tends to be the busiest? The, we get the most on the phone, on the helpline still, but actually something that's happened in lockdown was that we saw um, our instant messages, our live chats going up to almost beyond our phone for the first time ever in wow. our 46 years. And we think it's directly linked to people feeling worried about being overheard in um, the situations that they're in in lockdown. So reaching out, through these silent methods, if you like, through instant messaging and email. Well, actually, that brings me on to the next question with regard to lockdown, something the whole world um, is going through. Um, how do you think the LGBTQ plus family have been affected by that? The lockdown has had an unimaginable impact on, on everyone, um, especially within the LGBTQ plus communities, especially marginalised communities. You know, it's it's... I think it's fair to say it's magnified any existing situation people have been in, um, whether that's loneliness, isolation, um, transphobia, domestic violence. You know, these are all things that the LGBTQ plus communities have been battling against for a while. And it's it sort of shone this magnifying glass and blown everything up. Um, I know that's something that loads of people are, th are feeling, you know, outside of the LGBTQ plus communities as well. But almost every single call that we that we have taken throughout this time features 
increased anxiety and isolation because of because of COVID nineteen. Um, we've yeah. we've seen an increase of forty percent of people contacting us this year in comparison to last year. Those increases on live chat, as I mentioned earlier, and a really big yeah. increase from people um, under the age of twenty four contacting us, which is of course linked to closures of schools, social yes. groups. Yes, all of those made different things. Yeah, people, school children struggling with their sexuality. And then when they've got no other like distractions, like schoolwork or stuff, it's playing on their mind constantly. Exactly. I think the support, support is a really key thing and you get it from so many different avenues. And I think lots of us have realised how much support we get without realising, whether it's from mm. your peer groups at school or your work colleagues or seeing your friends in the park or, you know, down the pub. Um, mm. it, that's something that's really that people have really felt the withdrawal from this lack of connectivity. Although, you know, we've still got that through the internet if you have access to that. If someone was to to call you, say, today, um, what help can Switchboard offer people? So I suppose it would depend on what, what they were talk, talking to us about. But what, what we really right. try and do at Switchboard is offer this safe space, you know, with someone to turn to a confidential listening service where you can be heard, but where we can also help you talk through your next steps. Sometimes people are reaching out to us and it's the first time they've ever said that they're gay or that they think that they're trans. And that's a really mm. powerful moment. Um, not mm. only are they coming out to us on the phone, but they're, they're coming out to themselves properly for that first time. I always think acceptance is key. And maybe when you accept it yourself, it probably makes it slightly easier to talk to someone. I like what you said there. Everyone on Switch is part of the family. So they feel like they're talking to an ally or a friend that could be going through the same experience as them or has gone through it and can then offer them the correct advice. Yeah, exactly. That That's the key. And it's actually something we get asked about a lot at Switchboard. You know, do, are you LGBTQ plus? Do you understand what we're mm. going through? And obviously everyone has a really individual experience and no two experiences are the same but we all know what it feels like to be born into a heteronormative world and have to mm. try and work out why you don't feel like you quite fit in and I think that's a really real key thing that people can can relate to. Um, would you have I don't want to say any tips maybe my, my, tips is the, the wrong word I should be using but I'll say tips or resources for managing emotional distress during this anxious time and think people can do that can slightly ease the burden for them yeah I mean it's it's a really important thing to focus on you know at switchboard we put together an emotional well-being pack so people can download that from our website um I guess some key takeaways from that are always put yourself and your emotional well-being first make mm -hmm. sure you're taking time out from things from everything switching off from all your demands and anxieties in your life. You know, that could be listening to your favorite song. It could be having a cup of tea and looking out the window um, or maybe doing some exercise. It's really important that we all carve out some time every day just to focus on, on us and focus on being in that moment. Um, but a really important thing that we always try to get across and um, in all the work that we do at Switchboard is that don't be shy or afraid to reach out to help for someone to chat or, or to ask for support. There really is no issue um, too small and there's absolutely nothing wrong with asking for help. It's actually a really brave and powerful thing to do. Um, I think the key thing is... I think is, for some yeah. people, fear, fear is a real thing, right? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real emotion, even connecting with someone via email, you know, on the live chat or dialing that number. People probably are afraid. Yeah, no, totally. They're really afraid of, of what the reactions to that will be. But that that's what we're at Switchboard. That's what's so important with the work that we do. You know, 
you're not alone because we're here and there is mm. you know nothing that you can say that we won't support you in um, and mm. it, it is it's so much it is so much basis on fear and shame as well these are things yeah. that that we've felt within our communities for so long embedded in our history you know yeah um how would you like to see pride evolve in the future tash I think we're getting better as um, LGBTQ plus communities and wider society in ensuring that we reflect back more on the origins of pride um, and queer history um, to see what the roots were, to learn to learn why it started. I guess for me, Prides of the Future will hopefully be more unified in the importance of raising awareness on existing issues within the LGBTQ plus communities that hopefully last more than just one month um but i think there's been a definite increase in awareness yes l- let's make them last a whole year <laughs> yeah I'm on for definitely that. <laughs> <laughs> um, um also um i said in the introduction there that with the physical pride events being cancelled that could cause people to be more anxious probably as well right because they're not getting physically out there and seeing people from the the community as well yeah definitely there's I mean I remember the first times I went to pride and I I just was such an amazing experience being around being part of that community being part of people that I felt like were like me it's such a unique Mm. moment and there's so much power in physical support and being part of that crowd being part of that pride um being part of that celebration um and I, I think that's one thing that has done really, really well um, throughout this period of time is to ensure that unity and hopefully the unity that we've we've created and connected throughout this 2020 strange year will last mm. into the future. I think the word there is acceptance. Definitely. Is to, to be accepted. Yeah. And where you, everyone fits in. It's inclusive. I remember going to my first Pride it was after I was on Big Brother years and years ago and it was just like, oh, this is it. It's so strange. It's just, even when I talk about it, I smile. You're smiling yeah. talking about it because it really is that thing of going, oh, we're here, you know, we're loved. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. So, it so is. It's such a sensory experience as well. There's so much colour, there's noise, there's laughter, there's love. It's fantastic. For me, there was lots of alcohol. <laughs> Tash, thank you so much. Nice talking to you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone surprised there by anything Tash had to say? I was quite surprised when she said there's been such an increase, something they've never seen before from people reaching out and especially on live chat because it's the silent way of doing it. I think she said an increase of 40% or more. That surprised me. What about you, Adele? Yeah, I think um, Kenny mentioned it before. Kenny just made me mindful of the fact that lockdown isn't a nice experience for a lot of people and it's going to compound the effect of what they're living through and going through. And um, yeah, Tash just echoing that and it's just making me feel so sad. And I hope if anybody that's going through tough things is listening to this podcast, um, we're sending you love and we're thinking of you and hopefully we'll be out of this situation soon and we can get you back with us where you can feel safe. It just just makes me feel terrible. Uh, Kenny, did you think there'd be such an increase to the extent of what Tash was telling us there were people getting yeah. in contact? It was, I think for me, it was like a worse nightmare. But re- in my mind, I was like, it's, it's probably the reality of the situation. Because it's like people, people don't have the education or the knowledge and there's a lot of stigma just around just being LGBT. So it's not even, it's the little microaggressions that I think of every day that young people are having to deal with, you know, that really hurts me the most. Um, And I think for me, that call was just very humbling to realize that 
you know, even like we, we still kind of had the same problems and we, that, that indicates to me that my work isn't done here. Um, and that we still got a lot more to fight for. But like I was saying, I just hope that all those like kind of even young people, even, even whatever age they are there, they're okay. And they're finding safety and joy wherever they can at the moment. Um, and like she said, we'll, we'll hopefully be out of this situation soon. And Tash did say herself, the majority of them were under 24. So, you know, with schools and, you know, colleges closed down. That's why there was an increase. Did that surprise you, Blue, that they were under the age of 24, the majority of them? Well, I yeah, I kind of, I knew that they'd be uh, younger because that's whenever you're stuck at home, you live at home and um, you haven't fully left the nest yet. But it's just, it's, you don't even realise because sometimes your, your, your circumstances aren't everyone's and, and sometimes you, you, you focus on yourself a little bit too much. But to hear that people are scared of people overhearing their conversation is it, that that's just horrifying to me like I've never had to live in that kind of situation um and I have I actually have a friend that does drag and has hasn't been able to do it since lockdown because their family aren't accepting of it and it's just made me very mindful of what they must be going through right now and and I feel guilty that I haven't been more uh, I haven't done more for that person but I hope that um this hearing this from me will if anyone's listening uh make sure that you get in touch with the people that around you that maybe um are going through something like that or maybe if they even aren't just just reach out to to anyone because anyone could be going through anything right now especially um during pride season um we must be proactive about taking care of the people we love and i also think um feelings are heightened just because of COVID 19 and lockdown I think people are feeling extra um, anxious. It's like the big brother Adele, house. Tell me, do you think it's just like, <laughs> do not swear. Um, Adele, tell me, do you think, um, has Pride changed uh, during the years that you've been attending? Yes, uh, definitely in terms of numbers. And so I think there's a bit of hope there. And I think the role of allies, and I will definitely count myself in that. So not only, for example, my sister inviting me to the first ever Pride for the first time. So I've always gone to Pride on my own, but my sister's straight. And last year she took me to Leeds Pride and that made me so emotional. It made me, she's never thought about that before. So all this good work that everyone's doing, showing up brilliant people like Blue and you, Kenny, and you, Brian, it means that allies are feeling involved in the conversation, which is so important. And I need to be a better ally. I need to look at LGBTQI plus and I need to make sure that I'm doing more. Uh, So thank you for doing podcasts like this because it's just so important. And I think Kenny said it before, it's education. And I think we all need to listen to each other a little bit more and show up a bit more. But I think you're right there. Just because I'm a gay man doesn't mean that I can't learn more. Yes, I can. Yeah. There is loads. I'm from chatting to, um, we've got Yasmin coming up soon. And I chat with her a while ago and she's asexual and she was telling me about that and being aromantic and stuff that I was completely unaware of. And I think, forget being a gay man, as an individual, I need to educate myself so I know more so I'm respecting people would you agree with that Kenny? education is the key like that's why I advocate so much around trans rights and like speaking on my personal experience especially around periods uh because I think it's important for trans men non-binary intersex people to be a part of the conversation and I think I'm in a place where it's like 
I want other marginalized voices to be heard and I need to learn about other experiences outside of my own so that I can make them just a part of the conversation as much as my personal issues are. Because um, I think that's how we all kind of bring each other forward, isn't it? By educating, acknowledging, knowing when to mm. pass the mic to other people and kind of just living in, you know, in that manner in a respectful way. Um, and also, I don't know, one of the biggest things I would say I've learned this year is that it's important to be vulnerable at times, like knowing when to use your vulnerability and when it's going to it, it's going to come in, it's going to come in handy and people are going to learn from it. So, yeah. No, totally. Uh, Kenny, the uh, first Pride marches took place to the uh, one year anniversary of the riots against police raids at the Stonewall Inn. So tell me, what role did trans people play in the original well, uprising? Black trans women of colour started, sorry, black trans women started the movement. Uh, Marsha P. Johnson mm-hmm. and Sylvia Rivera were, you know, the two trans mm-hmm. people who started this whole movement at the reason of why we have the rights that we have today. They, I, you know, when just sitting here and thinking about that moment in that history and like how they must have had enough of the rights that they were getting, the abuse that they were facing by the police. And like, that's, that's like everything. That's why we have, you know, that's what pride is. Um, so it's important to pay respect to the fact that, okay, cool. Everybody kind of sees it as a party, but actually, it's a big respect of history and saying this is enough like we need to push forward and for me pride every year is like a way to kind of analyze where we've come so far throughout the year and where our rights have changed mm-hmm. um but yeah mm-hmm. that's where that's kind of where pride originated from um as a trans person in 2020 how inclusive does pride feel for you and is there more work that can be I think done for me when i kind of, when i look around in pride i see a lot more a lot more reference and a lot more visibility around sexuality rather than gender identity. Um, just because I feel like it's quite harder to, to indicate and, and to show people that this is a safe space for trans people. But um, the thing that I struggle with with Pride, it's like when you try to cater for everybody, you cater for nobody because you're trying to do too many things mm-hmm. at once. So I think it's important that we see like more grassroots activists and more prides that are especially made for trans people and prides that are made for bias people and gay people, like all of those things, because it's like, I don't know, they're all very individual experiences. And I think pride is too much of a big intersect, like, sorry, intersect, intersection to um, really dive, like, dive into the issues at hand. Um, uh, you just said there, uh, sorry, Kenny, you just actually said there that um, pride isn't just yeah. a party. Uh, do any of us see pride as just a party? Is it a protest? I think you mentioned it was a protest uh, earlier, Blue, or is it both? What is pride? Um, uh, well, uh, yeah, definitely. It started as a protest. I feel like those roots still need to be there in some way, shape or form. Um, in Northern Ireland, it was illegal. Well, it wasn't legal to get married to the people that you love. So so up until the past year there, um, that's what we were fighting for. Uh, there's still a lot more that can be done. And, and that's the reason why the, the fight continues and pride continues. Adele, is it a protest or is it a party? It's definitely both. It started off as a party for me. As I've got more responsible, I see... It is a massive protest, but I also think now it's an education for me. <laughs> it's a chance for yeah. me to learn. Um, and Blue, you just mentioned there that uh, same-sex marriage was made legal I know. Oh, goodness, so in Northern <laughs> Ireland uh, this year. Yeah, let's give that a round of applause. Yeah. About time. Um, do you think that will make this year's celebration virtually or, you know, will it be feel extra special because of that legislation i think yeah it will this was supposed to be like our victory lap like we finally fought so hard for this and it's finally happened i um, know but 
I think we'll take to the um the, the online virtual prides and and we'll make we'll make a day of it uh, and we will recuperate next year and make an even bigger day of it. It'll be double the pride that this year would have ever well, been. Watch out, twenty twenty one. Absolutely. <laughs> watch out, twenty twenty one. And hopefully by then I'll have a ring on. It. I was just about to say. I think you mentioned earlier. Um. So are you you're engaged? No, not yet. Um. We we did say that we were waiting not until yet? it oh. was legal in our country. In our country, it's now. legal. Well, it is now. <laughs> yeah. Come on, it's been what? Come like on, six months now. Where's the ring? That's all I want to know. But uh, hopefully, by listen, next year. listen. If we're going to get Adele putting glitter on that black T-shirt, <laughs> you got to get a diamond on that finger blue. Um, well, yeah. Well, that's the that's the goal. I mean, we did we we wanted to do it right, so we wanted to wait until it was legal, and um, it was our little way of uh, standing up against the people or whatever. Um, but. I almost feel there's um, there's a lot of pressure on you now, right? Because it's legal. Everyone's like, why aren't you married? I'm like, why did I say this on national TV? But I mean, uh, one day, it'll happen someday because we love each other to the... Um, to the moon and back and that's why it was so important that we fought oh. for, for, for marriage equality because we know how strong our love is. So why can't we celebrate it? And now that you can do it, take your time, make them wait. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> B by Superdrug have launched an amazing hair removal range. It's not what you want to be doing with your time, but here at B, we want to give you the choice on how you do it. We have a range of argan oil infused wax strips, shave lotions, gels and creams. Our range is not only beautiful on the outside, but also on the inside, as it's vegan, suitable for sensitive skin and all our formulations are cruelty free. We also have you covered pre and post hair removal to ensure that your experience is as easy as possible with lasting results. So give the B by Superdrug hair removal range a try today. Available in store and online. Prices start from just £3.49. Vegan, cruelty free, suitable for sensitive skin. Adele, the um, LGBTQ plus community can feel quite male dominated. What's been your experience and how can Pride do it better? Do you know, I feel like I'm quite proud of the fact that I feel like I've got blinkers on because all I see is girls when I go to Pride. So <laughs> not really. <laughs> right, well, that's good. <laughs> I've not really experienced that too much. And I think it's because I go with my friends who are female. Um, so I, I will make sure that I notice the men a bit more from now on. I'll make sure I do that. But um, I think what Kenny said before is a really good point that maybe we should also make sure we include uh, gender with pride. And yeah. so mm-hmm. I will be making sure really that I start to notice that. And in terms of music, you were talking about this before, Brian, like supporting yeah. artists that are from mm. our community and just making sure True. I play them in my sets. You know, yeah. there's, there's not enough no, women totally. in music and, and especially dance music. And I've noticed this recently. And that's something you can you can do, right? Yeah. You can you can make change with that. Yeah, totally. Um, so I made sure I did this uh, show on BBC Five Live the other day and I made sure that I took um, a, an openly queer black artist. And mm. it was just I mean, she her music's brilliant anyway. Her name's Victoria Monet. But I just made sure I did my bit and not just going down the old same tropes, you know, just stand back yeah. a bit and go, right, just pretend you're in charge of your own life, which you are. You choose mm. what you want to play. Don't just mm. pick what you think other people want to hear. I always think it's I think all it takes is one person to make change. Yeah. You know, that's all it takes. Uh, Adele, how important is 
UK Black Pride to you? Oh, so amazing. Just going back to what we were saying about feeling in the majority and feeling seen. Mm. Uh, 2012 was the first year of my UK Black Pride and I was totally blown away. I didn't know it existed. So mm-hmm. thank you to the people that put that on. And it, it was quite small in those days as well. It was in a golden square in London and it was in right. a nice little square on a patch of grass. And that felt amazing. And then me mm-hmm. and my girlfriend went last year and it's in a massive park now and it's wow. a, a big event and yeah. uh, they've got various stages. And there was the, I'm so sorry, I've forgotten a name and, and I must do better, I must learn a name, but the lady who redesigned the pride flag you know, to have okay. black and brown yep. in it. And she was on yes. stage and she was just explaining the importance of this flag and just making people feel seen and included. Wow. And I think that's the overriding feeling with black UK Black Pride for me. It's not something where they want to be separate. It's just more, we exist, we're here, please mm. see us. And there are particular things in our community that affect us differently to everyone else. And one of those things uh, is in terms of dating apps and people just being insensitive to race and just making sure that as a community, we do better and we make sure that- Can you just, when you say insensitive to race, Mm. what do you mean? Well, I'm not on dating apps. If my partner's listening, I'm not on there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not on it. This is something I don't know. I don't know. A friend told me. um, I used to do this podcast and uh, we had quite a few people come on uh, talking about dating apps and just saying that people- would do things like I'm not interested in blacks and and things like that, just like on their profiles. And I was, I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. But again, there's still work to do. This is why pride's important. I find that so shocking that people do that so publicly, what you just said, and think that it's acceptable, A, and that B, well, no one's going to care that I've said it. Yeah, totally, Brian. Uh, Kenny, uh, UK Black Pride, how important is that for you? Cornerstone of my being. Like, honestly, I, mm-hmm. I absolutely adore UK Black Pride, everyone who's a part of that organization. Um, I think it's just, it's, it's important because there's many ways, like, you need to understand that. Like, being trans and then there's being trans and there's being black. And so both of those two are mm-hmm. equal parts of my identity. And so having a place where, like, my culture is kind of embraced, the kind of music that I've grown up and listened to on my father's side, which is black, um, and just kind of, you know, I don't know, it's just kind of like, it serves as an educational place as well because it's like they have the main stage which is more of the performance the dance the music and then you had like a little panel discussion which I featured in last year and it was just so lovely like I don't know it just kind of it it, they've they've put it in a way that's brought back the meaning of pride in terms of educating people at the same time and I think that's important um and so yeah it's amazing if you haven't gone you need to go so 2021 book the date don't know when it is yet but saving the calendar um, <laughs> hang on, Kenny. I thought you and I were in Atlanta. Okay, I'm listen, so listen, confused. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do London. Uh, is it Atlanta? Is it Sydney? Are we going to be at Blue's wedding? <laughs> <laughs> My diary is filling up nicely, guys. I've got the black t shirts. I'm ready. Busy year. Busy year. Now, time for a little chat with the lovely Wayne Russell. LGBTQ plus people should be able to feel proud wherever they are. Wayne from Superdrug told me why feeling free to celebrate who you are at work is so important. Hey Wayne, how are you? Hi Brian, I'm good. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. Uh, Wayne, how did you come out at work? Because I can imagine this is going to be a fabulous story. I'm very excited (laughs) to hear it. Well, you know what? It it wasn't that 
bigger deal and, and which is kind of a weird thing to say but I think through throughout a lot of my different jobs over the years it always was an issue for me and I didn't want to and I felt really insecure about it and also very self-conscious but when I started working at Superdrug I, I was really lucky to have a couple of colleagues um, Gemma and Helen who were instantly able to make me feel comfortable about myself and I decided when I went into that job that I wasn't going to pretend to be anything other than I was which I think I have done previously or at least avoided discussions about it and yeah. Um, yeah I was just myself and so I didn't really even need to come out it was actually quite nice and quite natural to be myself. Yeah I think it's quite good I think for a lot of us you know within the community that if we are accepted for who we are it's almost mm. a blessing because I hear some stories from people who are the same age as me and they have a completely horrible or difficult time doing it yeah you know and we're, yeah. we're very blessed that it's not the case for us we're very lucky that we're kind of accepted right yeah definitely and I know that I know that in in previous jobs where I've been I've tried to avoid conversations where it where you were are asked to talk about what you've been doing over the weekend and who you've been doing it with yeah. because you don't feel comfortable opening up in that way to people that you don't particularly know very well or even if you know them well to work with you don't feel like it's going to be the right conversation to have or just to make a big deal out of it yeah but also people you work with can be your colleagues they don't have to be your friends yeah. that's true yeah that's and you can kind of keep it keep it all separate do you feel supported at work now definitely definitely yeah I don't think it's an issue tell me tell me how supported you are at work and why you think it's not an issue well I think uh, one of the main things is I am 100% myself I don't pretend to be anything else and we we have a LGBTQ plus committee at Superdrug as well where I joined that committee about a, a year ago and as part of the committee, we've, we've presented to the exec board. Mm-hmm. Um, we've told them about the plans that we have for really bringing that community within Superdrug to life. And we've had 100% support from everybody at Superdrug. And, and also people coming up to us and saying, well, we'd like to um, ask your opinion on these products or on this marketing activity to see how it would fall within our community so it's, it's been 100 supportive and and we've been incorporated into the business which is which is an amazing thing oh fantastic how can other workplaces in your opinion uh be more inclusive i think it's it's really important to have a visible and very very alive lgbt work ethic mm. in some ways it's, it's hard to explain but i think it's more to do with having an area where those from the the community can discuss things that maybe affect them in their lives or even in their work lives as well and to have that level of support if they need it. One of the things that we did was we we worked with a couple of charities but one of them was the LGBT Foundation mm-hmm. and we we put them out as a help desk for our LGBT community if they needed it if they needed someone to support them through whatever issue they may be having Mm. Uh, it doesn't have to be work related but it was still to have that level of support there for them and to know that they had that support of course i think a very important question is what can non-lgbtq plus colleagues 
do to help and to make changes in the workplace? Mm, that's, that's a difficult one. <laughs> I would always say I, be more tolerant and more accepting. <laughs> Two things. <laughs> I mean, that, I think that is definitely, definitely the case. Um, but also to be aware that what your life is isn't, isn't exactly going to be the same as what somebody else's life is yeah. and what your experiences are won't be the same. But that's the same across all boards. It's not just about LGBT. It's, yeah. a, it's about everything. It's about race, sexuality, mm-hmm. um, abilities. It's, it's to have an understanding that what you have gone through in your life and what you've been lucky enough to experience, some, some people might not have been. It's, 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 it's an awareness thing. And I think if you have that strength of an awareness culture in your workplace, then you can only ever do good things with it. Actually, that's very good what you said there. Awareness culture. I think awareness Mm -hmm. is the key word. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Because we all go through different things in our lives Mm. and we all have different struggles and challenges. And to have that awareness of other people's challenges and struggles makes you a more open and better person because you aren't able to understand what some people may be going through, even if it's not your own true experience. Be said from people within the community who have Mm -hmm. come out but could have two completely different experiences as well. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And tell me, I want to hear the answer to this question. Uh, what makes a brilliant pride experience for you? <laughs> um, I don't know how much detail I should go into. Go into all one. the <laughs> details. Spill the tea, Wayne. Every drop. <laughs> well, do you know what? We're really lucky to have many pride events going on in this country. And um, I do go to quite a few of them each year. I would say maybe four or five. Right. And um, I have an amazing lot. time. That's a, yeah, you're I know. Busy. Well, do you know what? We're lucky to have one in Croydon now, which is fantastic. Oh, wow. Yes, I think I've been and to Croydon a, a, Pride. I think I went to it was that. Brilliant. Yeah, we had one last year. It was fantastic. And um, uh, I would normally go to Brighton, sometimes Manchester, and definitely London. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess for me, it's about being with my friends, celebrating the lives that we have, mm. but also recognizing the struggles that people that have gone before us have have had to endure to get us to this point. I, I think always that's think really that's what you're saying there about the people that pave the way. And I always yeah. think sometimes people people forget that. And yeah. I'll always be forever grateful for people mm. that have done what they've done. So Definitely. I'm being accepted. Yeah. I mean, we can only celebrate today in this country because of those people. And yes, the celebration part of it is really, really important, but we can't forget that, you know, we're, we're lucky in the UK. Mm. Uh, there are many, many countries in the rest of the world where it's illegal yeah. and there's, there's the threat of death or imprisonment yeah. for just being who you are. Yeah. It's scary when you think about it. Mm-hmm. really is. It is, very, yeah. Um, Wayne, thank you so much for a little chat. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Brian. And it's I think, been a pleasure. I think you could have better hair than me. <laughs> Wayne has a quiff going on here and it is good. <laughs> I'd like to get some tips. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne. Have <laughs> a good day. Nice. All right, then. Take care. Bye. <laughs> I actually really want to know what he was afraid to tell me. So I was like, what's your best brilliant? He was like, well, uh, my colleagues are going to be listening because I bet he's got some great stories. <laughs> um, have um, 
all of us always felt supported at the workplace. Kenny? Uh, no. That's why I became self-employed, okay. if I'm honest. Uh, too yeah. much discrimination right. for me. Um, there, there, there was one particular mm. place, um, my old manager, she was amazing. I worked for a shoe shop, very popular shoe shop. And, um, you know, there was people trying to out me for being trans. I wasn't openly trans at this point. Um, and I remember her like screaming at the guy saying, if I hear you talk about Kenny and his personal life, you will be fired. Mm. I didn't see him three days later. So I wish managers wow. was more like her. Um, so yeah. Yeah. She acted quick. Yeah, she, she done she, the she right thing. Playing. She turned around and she was like, no, like Kenny has the right to be himself and be in this workplace just as much as you. And, you know, it was wonderful because she didn't even know I overheard that conversation. It was only about a year later that I had addressed it and said, actually, I know what you did for me and I'm very grateful. Thank you so much. But um, I know it's not like that in every workplace. So, yeah, I think I think it's a I made it a decision to leave that to leave that life and become self-employed. Um, and that was a decision best made for me. Mm. Um, Adele, has the workplace always been a positive experience for you? I feel we're very lucky. I've not always done radio, but I feel like, um, yeah, it's always been supportive. People have always supported who I am. Um, I'm not sure whether though, and maybe you can give your views on this, whether it's maybe a bit different for women. I don't know. Uh, what, what do you think? Because I, I do find quite a lot that even though that you were saying before, sometimes our community might be more geared towards men. I, I don't know whether yeah. men sometimes take the brunt of the negativity sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Look, for me, you know, if I was to ask myself the same question, I've been very, very lucky. I mean, I, I worked a lot. I've had a job since I was 12 years of age. My parents always encourage us, you know, to get out, earn your own money, you know, and buy your mm. own things. And that was working in a, a takeaway. I then worked in a dog kennel and then I worked for an airline, you know, where I was almost celebrated you know, for being gay because yeah. I, I was a flight attendant. So my experience, and then I started um, working in television. So I've always been, I've always been quite lucky. Thankfully, you know, unlike Kenny and, you know, I, I get where you're coming from, but for me, it's been touch wood, a positive experience. Uh, what about you, Blue? Have you always felt supported? Yeah, actually, I, I've been really lucky. I'm sorry that you had to go through those things, Kenny. That's, that's horrible because you're, you're kind of stuck with a job sometimes. Uh, and to be in a horrible environment in a place where you, you have to go to every day must be so hard. Um, but I've been, yeah, celebrated. I used to work on a makeup counter and apart from the odd um, person who wouldn't want to be served by me because of my gender or my, because um, I was gay. Other than that, it was all good. I was celebrated. I was uh, almost a novelty on the counter. Uh, and then obviously I, I've, I've kind of gone into drag now, which is, is, hopefully there's no no discrimination here from uh in terms of for being gay anyway um apart from the odd comment on facebook or, or twitter i love what kenny said there about his old boss she ain't plain she <laughs> was not plain i love like that. We need more people like that i love when you said that she still supports me yeah, to this day she ain't plain. like she always messages me wow, and just, like checks in and sees how i am and you know that she's a true friend now 100 percent. we love her uh, Blue, uh, tell me, what makes you proud of the LGBTQ community, plus community, I should say? I think just um, the, how many different faces and different stories, different types of people that, that there are in, in our community, uh, all with really amazing voices, amazing stories. Um, and and uh, just now there's, there's such a great platform to hear all these voices as well. Um, and we've created that for ourselves. Uh, which is uh, incredible to see. Um, and 
I mean, why wouldn't you want to be proud of our community? It's great and it's really fun to be a part of and it keeps me smiling every day. Uh, Kenny, tell me, how much does being LGBTQ plus play into your overall identity? I think it's quite different for me because being an activist, it's kind of what you know I use my voice for on a day-to-day basis. Um, mm. But I'm very privileged in the fact that I'm very cis-passing, meaning that I can kind of navigate life without people knowing that I'm trans. Um, so if I decided to not you know, be visible, um, I would live a fairly normal, unknown life. Um, but I don't know, I think it's... It doesn't really... It, it does not it does play into it. It just depends on the day. But ultimately... I think it's something that I'm proud of um, and it's something that I want to educate people on. So that's, that's the way I see it. Blue, tell me, what has being LGBTQ plus given you? Um, I think it's given me just everything. Like, um, with, without it, I would probably be a farmer or something. Just, you know. Uh, in, in... <laughs> <laughs> that I can't see. I don't know why. <laughs> in some field in Northern Ireland. But it's given me a chance at a really cool life that's unique to me and um I get to dress up in drag which is like a totally like LGBTQIA plus experience um and I get to chat to people every day I get to surround myself with with queer people um I think it's given me just a support network a family it's given me a job it's basically given me everything that I could ask for (laughs) it's great Adele and Kenny, I'll ask you that question as well. I'll come to you first, Adele. So what has being LGBTQ plus given you? My partner, my world, my everything, my Kate. Um, Yeah, just she completes me. And I'm just so grateful. Honestly, yeah, that's all that's in my heart right now. Just my girl, that's it. Like she's everything to me. What about you, Kenny? Honestly, it's just given me a lot of pride. I think the one thing that I really love about our community is the way that we kind of face adversity and how we've overcome issues. And like, we're just a strong bunch of people. Like we just, we're just rocking it. Um, And so, yeah, it's just about being proud. And I'm very grateful because I don't feel like I would have the same kind of outlook on life if I wasn't so marginalized. I think I wouldn't have the same empathy Mm -hmm. for other people. So yeah, I owe that all to kind of being trans LGBT plus community. My next question, um, I can't ask you, Blue, because it is, what advice would you give to your younger self? You are only 12. (laughs) So I'm going to quickly pass this question over. (laughs) I was like, well, what could I ask him to his younger self? It's like, no. (laughs) Well, actually, maybe I will. Maybe maybe I should. Maybe I'll joking aside. Um, Blue, I will ask you that question. Uh, What advice would you give to your younger, 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 younger self? I feel like I just have like a very baby face. I'm not, that, you know, I'm like 25 nearly. Don't tell me you're 100. Oh, no, no. I'm definitely the youngest person in this group. But I mean, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm only joking. Um, well, I was, I was quite, I was bullied as a kid because I was different. I was a bit chunkier. I, I was uh, a bit, you know, more feminine. Uh, what I would tell my younger self is just like not to care about what people say, uh, not to care even about what my, my dad would have said about um, queer people um, because at the end of the day uh, being queer is going to make me such a better more rounded person it's going to give me opportunities and as soon as I the sooner I start embracing that the sooner these uh, amazing uh, memories and, and life uh, opportunities will happen uh, so it took me a while to find my voice but uh, as soon as I did I hit the ground running and I feel like if I wish I had a found it sooner um 
But yeah, I know all those people that used to bully me. Look at me. I'm on stages around the world dressing in full drag. So it's all good. RuPaul's your best friend. That's it. You I win. I'll, I can't wait for our school reunion. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to wear? Oh, my, my best, goodness. My best gown. You best believe it. Hair to the ceiling. Everything. <laughs> well, if, if, it, if Adele goes, she'll be in the black t-shirt. <laughs> I'll make a dress of black t-shirts. Uh -uh. Um, uh, Adele what advice would you give to your younger self I think I'd just say to her stop worrying and that feeling that's inside of you it's the most beautiful thing it's not a scary thing and it's okay you are normal don't worry about Mm. it because I used to feel like I was wrong in some way and you said it before Brian when you were like you come out to yourself before you come out to other Mm. people oh totally yeah I I struggled with that at first and it's because why do you think that was yeah, because there, there wasn't enough diversity. There wasn't enough representation on our screens and in our papers and on the radio when we were younger. And that's why I love things like this, because hopefully we can give a better world to the younger versions of ourselves. Um, yeah. I'd also say stop wearing black. <laughs> <laughs> We're all like this. Do. <laughs> For me, it's because I, I was I was a, a, a flight attendant. I was an air steward and a gay air steward is no surprise to anyone, right? So for me, I, I left, you know, Ireland. You know, I'm Catholic. I have six sisters. I, I kind of left our village, moved to the UK. But, you know, for me, I suppose my acceptance was I had only told my family two days before going on Big Brother on national television that I was gay. I was living my little gay life in the UK near Stansted Airport, you know, and getting the Liverpool, the Stansted Express to Liverpool Street Station, you know, going to Rupert Street, GAY, Escape, all these bars in Soho. So then, you know, going on national television and I suppose winning a popularity contest because that's what Big Brother is basically. Mm. I think that for me, which probably... I don't think I needed that, but I think for me, I think that was a great thing for me to go, okay, relax, right? And I think I was very lucky. I was only 23. And to have that acceptance at such a young age, I think for me was so beneficial because it's not normal, right? But I think for me, it was just to have that acceptance just gave me a lot of confidence. And I know a lot of people that age don't get that opportunity you helped change the narrative you helped people Mm. see a gay man that wasn't a stereotype that was so important Ryan yeah it was so strange and I said as I've got older I think at that time at you know 23 I didn't think it was a big deal it's so strange I didn't think it was a big deal and suddenly now you know 19 years on that I go actually hang on a second that was or is a big deal it's so strange I think the older that we get maybe you go wow, that actually happened. Because at the time, I didn't think it was a big deal. And maybe I was right at the time to not think it was a big deal. It's only looking back on now that I go, actually, that was a big deal. Wow, that was amazing. Visibility goes a long way. Like, regardless mm-hmm. of, you know, speaking on your experience, actually just being visible and being proud of who you are says so much to the world. It says that mm-hmm. I can be that person. I can live a fruitful life. I can be successful. I can be happy. It says all of those things. Uh, Kenny, for you, what would you say to your younger self? Continue to look inwards. Um, I think as I was younger, I didn't see any trans people around me. So I was trying to like build my narrative of like masculinity based on hetero cis masculinity. And that's not who I am. I can sometimes be very feminine and I, you know, I should embrace that. So looking inwards and especially when it came to like, I think back in the day, there was this narrative of like, when you're trans, you should have to have all of the surgery because otherwise you're not really quote unquote complete. 
Um, and so I had to kind of mm. really realize what a successful transition meant for me and what would make me happy. So looking inwards is definitely the best thing I've done. Um, and I would, I would suggest to anybody, not just my younger self. Um, earlier today, I had a little chat with uh, Yasmin Benoit. Here's what she had to say. Not everyone realises that the A in LGBTQIA stands for asexual. Yasmin Benoit, who identifies as asexual and aromantic and started the hashtag This Is What Asexual Looks Like movement, told me what celebrating pride means to her. Hey Yasmin, how are you? Hi, I'm great, thanks. How are you doing? By the way, you are really showing me up with your microphone. I can see Yasmin and she has this Britney <laughs> Spears head mic. I know. I always feel like I need to like burst out into song when I use this. I take it from my mom. <laughs> you should have started with It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> They're the vibes you are totally giving me. I've just got a bog standard microphone. I'm having mic envy. Um, <laughs> nice talking to you. So tell me, how do you define asexuality and aromanticism? Well, asexuality means not experiencing sexual attraction or experiencing it to a very low degree. And aromanticism means not experiencing romantic attraction or not experiencing it to a very low degree. So right. uh, most people probably assume that they're part of the same thing, but there are a lot of asexual people who aren't aromantic and there are a lot of aromantic people who aren't asexual. So they're separate orientation. Okay. So for anyone that is listening, um, how, what is a romantic or a romanticism? I think people know what asexual is, but tell us about aromantic and aromanticism, what it actually means. Well, it just means not experiencing romantic attraction. So, which isn't necessarily the same thing as sexual attraction. Um, in the asexual community, we are very appreciative of the fact that it's two separate entities. I think in the bisexual and pansexual community, they're also quite aware that those are separate things. Who you're sexually attracted to might not be who you're necessarily romantically interested in or like those right. things that necessarily line up. So it's just, uh, for me, it's the absence of romantic attraction as well. And is this, I hope this isn't a very personal question. Is this something you've always felt? Yeah, always not felt. <laughs> yes, actually, that's a better question. When did you realize that you were asexual or aromantic? I mean, I realized both, but around the same time as everyone else seemed to realize that they weren't. I mean, right. oh, I mean maybe there are quite a few kids who are still like, who have like crushes and are like romantically interested in people from quite a young age. But it definitely felt like around early puberty, there was like a switch where people suddenly became a lot more interested in that kind of thing. And I was just like, okay, what are we doing right now? Um, And yeah, I've just kind of, that's never changed for me. Right. And when you were like telling all your, your friends about it, what's their view on it? It was more them inquiring about me and me just not giving them anything back rather than me saying, hey, this is what I'm not right. feeling. It was more yeah. people being like, what, what aren't you feeling? Why aren't you feeling anything? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can relate like that. to that. I can relate to that from going to a Catholic school and being gay <laughs> and friends asked me why I didn't have a girlfriend or why I didn't fancy girls. So yeah. I can understand that it's people asking you the questions as opposed to you in a sense of telling them your truth. Because I was very young and I'm sure you were very young. Um, what are the most mis kind of common misconceptions with regarding asexuality oh, wow. and aromanticism? There are like so many. I think I've heard like probably the most diverse range of strange misconceptions. But I think the pretty common ones is that it's just 
like being single, like you just can't get a partner and that's why you're asexual and that's why you're romantic or it's because you're like so unappealing that no one would want you anyway or that it's like- Well, Yasmin, I'm looking at you. You are very appealing. (laughs) You are a, you are beautiful. Considering that I like just woke up and I'm not wearing any makeup right now. Thank you. You Um, Your your skin looks insane. You are literally glowing, honestly. (laughs) Thank you. so yeah, people think it's like a mental disorder or it's like a physical disorder that you just have like a hormone deficiency. Imbalance or there's something yeah. wrong with you, right, okay. Um, or that it's just like you just have a really bad personality or it's like a personality flaw, like kind of Voldemort-esque vibe <laughs> going on. Right. Yeah. Um, or that you just haven't found the right person yet, which definitely isn't true for many asexual people or aromantic people. A lot of them have found like their total soulmates. I know married asexual people. So it's definitely nothing to do with not finding your right person. And rightness I, isn't qualified by whether you're sexually attracted to them or not. And do you think you could still find your soulmate and marry someone and have the relationship you want with them? Well, I mean, marriage would have, I'm not sure about marriage because if I'm not like romantically attracted to someone, it would have, like, it would have to be more of a practical decision rather than like validifying the relationship. Um, But yeah, there are definitely like platonic soulmates. I'm pretty sure everyone would probably feel like you can meet somebody who you're not sexually or romantically interested in, but you're like, we are, there is definitely a thing And you can can love them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Tell me, what does having asexual pride mean to you? For me, that just means like being, I mean, you don't even necessarily have to be like open about it or loud about it, but just being like content and accepting within yourself and understanding that like there's nothing wrong with you and that being asexual is a perfectly normal thing. Like that's what it means to me. A lot of asexual people aren't necessarily like super loud about it, but it's not really about like whether you're out or not. It's about more of an internal thing to me. And why do you think a lot of asexual people aren't loud about it because there are it's weird because we had like this weird combination of people not knowing about asexuality but still having a lot of opinions on it like people who have no idea what you're talking about will still be the first to say you're not asexual that's not real even though they literally hadn't heard the word until two seconds ago so a lot of asexual people get like backlash to it and when people don't know what your identity is like they don't understand it like you're more, i feel like you're kind of more likely to get that kind of response so based on what i've heard just a lot of people just don't want to deal with like the, the stigma or people thinking that they're weird really whereas i don't really care yeah they're probably afraid of people's reactions right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah people's opinions um do you think um are asexual people uh well represented at pride events we're there you wouldn't know, <laughs> but right. I know when there are asexual people at Pride and when there is, when a Pride event is openly inclusive, the asexual people pop out. Like they're already there, but they're like, can I be louder about this? Are people going to like reject me if I do? Yeah. But in my experience, whenever a Pride is like put the flag up or kind of like invited me as like representative, then all of a sudden you wouldn't have realized, but then like loads of us appear. Of course. So we are definitely there and have yeah. always been there. I started going to Pride when I was 14. Wow. So I'm aware that for goodness. the past 10 years yeah. that we've always been there, yeah. but looking at it, you wouldn't necessarily know. Um, what would you like to see change? Oh, so much. I would like to see asexuality like spoken about like all the other orientations. I would like that to just be a thing. That people say, oh, you're gay, you're straight, you're bi, you're asexual. Like that's all part of like the same conversation that they're all seen 
equally, whereas yeah. I feel like asexuality is very behind in terms of like awareness, representation and visibility. Um, so I'd love to see it catch up. Do you think that's because, again, people are fearful to come out and say they're asexual for fear of people's reactions and opinions on it? I mean, I think it's a combination of the community not being that loud and also people just not listening because right. there are a lot of asexual people out there and we're all over social media. Like we have a huge online community and physical spaces sometimes too. But if you were to look at like the media or any discussions of sexuality in any area, you would not know that. Yeah, I think it just needs to be like a culture shift where people are willing to consider that not everybody like isn't asexual. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting because there was lots that I didn't know about it. So it was a very interesting conversation because I feel now that I know a bit more just from having this conversation with you. And I think that's what change is all about. Don't you agree? It's just informing people of the right information. Yeah, I think it's important to speak to people outside of the community and for people outside of the community to listen. Otherwise, you're just talking like in a vacuum and you're not spreading new information to people. So yeah, I think things like this are pretty important. Fantastic. Thank you. And I want to borrow that Britney mic off you sometime. <laughs> of course. Thanks, Yasmin. Thank you. I was so conscious of getting my words correct there because there was a lot that I actually didn't mm. know. A romantic, a romantic, you know, I wanted to, to say it properly. Anything there at all, Adele, that Yasmin had said? Did you know what an aromantic was? I didn't. No, I thought it said aromatic as well when I saw it written down on the sheet. So right. even the pronunciation, yeah. I was like, thank you. Because uh, I obviously, you know, this You're being welcome. on the radio, you read things <laughs> a lot, don't you? So like, I always yeah. get it wrong. Um, and I'll look out for the flags as well. So when we're at Pride, I'll, I'll know now. I'm going to go and look up the flag for asexual and aromantic and just know now. And, and then hopefully if I see someone at Pride, I'll, I'll just know and maybe talk to them and just like yeah. see them, you know, just let them show up and talk to me about it and help me. Uh, Kenny, were you aware of a romanticism and all of that? Did you find that like an informative, brief little chat? I'm quite lucky because I've bumped heads a few times with Yasmin and worked together with her. So she has definitely been one of the main voices of education around asexuality. And the one thing I've come to realise within it is that there's so much nuance um, to the situation Mm -hmm. that I I just didn't know. And um, all of it's very valid and I can understand it all, but I think it just needed to be expressed to me. Mm. Um, So I'm so grateful for her voice to exist and all the other kind of people that I think as well, me being educated about it means I can talk to other people about it. Um, And I I come across people that are asexual and now they feel like they can talk to me. So in that way, I'm I'm being educated. So it's been been quite wonderful and I'm very grateful for Yasmin's voice, actually. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for uh, this fabulous chat. I actually feel like I've been sitting down talking to three friends. I just feel like our conversation was just a lovely little chat. And I've, I've always said that I've always found that talking is therapy just in general, you know, and in life. And I think if we all talked a bit more, I think life would be easier for um, a lot of us. I want to say thank you to Yasmin, to uh, Tash, to Wayne, Adele, thank you so much, Blue, Kenny, of course, thank you to Superdrug for giving us this um, episode and this uh, platform to celebrate uh, Pride. Thank you so much to all of my guests today for such an enjoyable chat. I've been Brian Dowling for Superdrug and from all of us, happy Pride! <laughs>